0: You're listening to the Call to Life podcast, our local pro-life podcast in the Central Valley of California. I'm your host, Hannah Plukstra. And last time, Nick Portwood gave us so much great information on abortion, and I got so much good feedback from that. And there was so much I had to cut out to keep it down to episode length that I've decided to give you the other half of our conversation today. If you haven't listened to our last episode, then you really should. Nick is a 27-year-old philosophy major at Fresno Pacific University, just about to start his senior year there, and he's been studying abortion for 10 years now, having started this pursuit back in high school. So listen to our last episode if you get a chance, so you can learn a little bit more of Nick's backstory. In this episode, I'm just going to drop you right back into the middle of our conversation. I think what I wanted to focus on last time was the lesser known historical context of Roe v. Wade, and also Nick's take on how the overturn of Roe v. Wade last month will affect the way Americans move forward on the issue of abortion from state to state. So last time was history and politics. But this time, I'm including the portion of our conversation where Nick zeroed in on the science of abortion, at least the, the question of whether or not
1: abortion is truly health care. Abortions are not safe. Abortion is actually more dangerous than giving birth. Um, and uh, just I have some, some mm-hmm. r- readily available statistics. Mm-hmm. These are all independently verifiable online. Less than one in 10,000 pregnancies results in the mother's death less than 1 in 10,000. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That wasn't always the case. Yeah. If this were the middle ages, half of your children would die right. and the, the and you'd be lucky if you would survive your fourth right. childbirth. It's so easy to not die while giving birth in mm-hmm. in in developed countries nowadays. It's, yeah. it, which I think is wonderful. Right. That is great. Like but uh abortion uh, abortion increases the chances that um, the mother will die um, if she has later pregnancies and it also increases her chances of miscarriage in later pregnancies so if a woman gets an abortion and she wants a child later, it is actually less likely that she will actually get what she wants mm-hmm. so she's limiting her own autonomy by getting right. by getting an abortion um And uh, in the year 2000, um, there was a Finnish government-funded study which showed that women are four times more likely to die in the year following the abortion than women who carry their pregnancies to term. Wow. Four times more likely to die within a year of getting the abortion. That's awful. Wow. That is awful. Because that's more dead women. Mm -hmm. I want as few dead women as possible. (laughs) I I happen to like women. I'm dating one right now. (laughs) Like, my mom is a woman. I love my mom. Like, your daughter's a woman. I love your daughter. I think she's a great human being. Mm -hmm. Like, I would love it if she were to... I I would love it if she didn't die, if she has kids one day. (laughs) Like, I'm glad you survived giving birth to all of your children. Because, like, it would be awful for them to grow up without a mom. Your husband would lose his wife. (laughs) Uh, Jethro would lose a dog mom It'd be, it would just be the worst anything that increases the chance that a woman will die I think we should avoid whenever possible <laughs> which is why in the 90s when the Democrats were saying safe legal and rare they won the debate mm-hmm. but what happened you'll notice is that they left they dropped the rare from their position they wanted to say safe and legal mm. but they didn't say rare mm-hmm. well abortion's not safe mm-hmm. so that's another pet leg of their platform that's been kicked out from under them yeah. so all they had was the legal part yeah And that's where you get the abortion-on-demand position, which California has, by the way. uh, uh, California has basically abortion-on-demand. It does have some restrictions, but for the most part, if you want an abortion, you can get one whenever you want for almost any reason. Mm -hmm. And as far as I'm aware, you actually don't need permission from anyone. Um, You can just get one. It's not just that abortion is more dangerous than childbirth. Abortion, on its own merits, is deadly. Mm -hmm. Women who have aborted within the last year are 60% more likely to die of natural causes. 60%. That is way too high. Wow. Like, and, and most states that allow abortions do not require that women know this. In some states, this information is required before a woman can get an abortion. Mm-hmm. Not every state has those provisions. Right. Some states do not require doctors to provide this information to women who are considering abortions.
0: I mean, if you took a drug... That uh, had that statistic, mm-hmm. you just wouldn't take it.
1: Yeah. On every bottle of alcohol, this, there's a Surgeon General's warning that's saying that pregnant women shouldn't take this. Right. Like, but in certain states, like, you aren't, like, a lot of women are kept in the dark about this. Yeah. Either because the state's not obliged to uh, provide that information or because they're deliberately misleading people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's a, you have to take that in a case-by-case basis. You can't, we can't just assume that everyone's deliberately trying to keep women in the dark about this. Right. Because um, that is not the case. Mm-hmm. Some people just it doesn't occur to them because mm-hmm. they're not required to provide that information. Um, but the statistics actually get worse. Women who have abortions are seven times more likely to commit suicide. Like there's a movement. Like uh, there's a there was a hashtag on trending on Twitter called "Shout Your Abortion." People who are basically saying, "I'm proud to have an abortion. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. the world that I got my abortion. I'm proud of it." Mm-hmm. Most women are not. Yeah. Most most women. Regret having an abortion, mm-hmm. and even Jane Rowe did not abort her child, even when she even when she won the right to have one. Right. Um, because I, I like, if you if you get an abortion as a woman, you are seven times more likely to commit suicide, which is awful. Suicide is already a, a crisis issue in America mm-hmm. for a multitude of reasons. Right. And right. I'm very happy that the current administration is taking the problem seriously. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I like about the Biden administration is that mm-hmm. they take sui- they, they take American suicide seriously. Um, but women are also four times more likely to die of accidental or accident-related injuries. And this is the worst one. Women who have abortions are 14 times more likely to die from homicide. 14 times more likely to die from homicide. And the reason for that is not quite clear, but it may be linked to higher rates of suicidal or risk-taking behaviors. Because, uh, I mean, abortion in and of itself is a risk-taking behavior. Abortion is a medical risk. It is not safe. Yeah. You are taking a risk with your own health and with your future children's health if you you decide to have children later. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And uh, since abortion was legalized in 1973, ectopic pregnancies in America have increased by 300%. And... Ectopic pregnancies will kill you mm-hmm. if you do not get them treated. Right. And they will result in the death of the unborn child. Right. There's no chance of the of the child surviving because the child is not in the uterus. The child needs to implant in the univer- uterus in order to develop properly. If the child is implanting in the birth canal, it's it has no chance. It it is going to die if it's not dead already.
0: Right.
1: So, abortion is dangerous for the woman. Uh the the procedure could kill her. Uh, she is far more likely to commit suicide. She is far more likely to die of accident related injuries. She is far more likely to die from homicide. And every single abortion results in the death of a human life. Mm-hmm. And that's and say like, and and this is this is a this is this is a medical opinion, not a pro life opinion. Yeah. All abortions terminate prenatal life. That is the medical terminology. Mm-hmm. It's in this book by Raymond DeVitare, P- Practical Decision Making in Healthcare Ethics. This is taught in secular universities. Mm-hmm. Like like Emmanuel College, uh Boston College, like Harvard, mm-hmm. uh Johns Hopkins, like, like like yeah, you name it. Like abortions terminate prenatal life.
0: Which is if- what they are trying to do? Yeah, that's
1: the point the of definition. abortion. That is the point. Like, yeah, even, like pl- Planned Parenthood right. signs off on these statistics. Right. This this is the kind of stuff that I think more people need to be aware of yeah. because, like, th- like this is why I think this is why uh, the pro lo- the the pro choice position has lost the debate. Mm-hmm. This is why Roe versus Wade was overturned is because the safe, legal, and rare position that the Democrats had in the '90s was abandoned. Mm-hmm. And it was not only abandoned; it is no longer sustainable, right? Because
0: not possible, yeah.
1: Because this because more and more studies are showing abortion itself is not safe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I would I would argue that abortion isn't even healthcare. Yeah, like when it has this much. Oh yeah, these many risks in Japan, they actually have this um, practice called a musical kuyo, which means a which literally means water child memorial service. Um, so a musical a a water child is a the Japanese term for a stillborn, miscarried, or aborted baby. The water in this case refers to the water of the womb, the amniotic fluid, and um, it's a mo- memorial service that um, Japanese women or Japanese families will have for these uh, unborn children who have died. And there are several reasons why these, why this practice exists. One is because the parent is experiencing. ...tremendous grief or regret... Mm -hmm. ...or um, it's a desire to comfort the soul of the baby... ...because um, many Japanese believe that everything has spirit... ...including unborn children... ...so they want to uh, basically comfort or soothe the soul of the baby. Um, This service is also performed because a woman received an abortion... ...and she feels guilt and Mm -hmm. and wants to reconcile with the spirit of her aborted fetus... Or sometimes it's out of fear of retribution by the spirit of the child that she aborted. Wow, and this is a country where almost like less than I think like one percent of Japan is Christian, mm-hmm. and uh, most of the country is only nominally Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Like it's a secular country. Yeah, um, and it's and it's not clear whether this uh, practice is a has its origins in buddhism or it just has some things that were borrowed from buddhism Mm -hmm. but uh, the fact of the matter is in japan families will conduct memorial services for um dead babies who were never born whether it was a stillbirth or a miscarriage or a baby who was aborted um because they acknowledge that what has happened is bad Mm -hmm. like whether you whether you say it's evil or not like they're saying it's not good they're saying it's yeah. bad. It is it is causing either it's it's causing disorder in the family, it's mm-hmm. causing it's a disruption of uh of peace or harmony within the family or in the in the mother's own soul. Mm-hmm. Um they wanna they they believe that the spirit of this baby lives on, so they wanna make sure that mm-hmm. sometimes it's about making sure that they're on good terms yeah. with this spirit because they don't either because they're afraid of revenge or they genuinely feel guilty. And uh if you'll notice, um the Japan's position on abortion is much more uh peaceful I'll say compared to America where we're basically at each other's throats on the issue. Mm-hmm. In Japan, if you get an abortion, you mourn. Yeah. Cuz they recognize even even if they even if a mother genuinely believes that it was the right thing to do, yeah. they still feel bad about it.
0: Which is why it's yeah. supposed to be rare.
1: Yeah. And in Japan and it's,
0: it, it's kind of hypocritical to say we want them to be rare and then to be like pretending like this is a good thing.
1: I think that um many Pro-choice advocates are understating the seriousness of abortion. Yeah, um, by trying to normalize it mm-hmm. because the you know, effect that because they're tr- what they're trying to do is normalize it to like remove stigmas. Right. But in practice, what they're actually doing is trivializing it. Yeah. Like it's this is not it. This is not something that you get in a drive-through. Mm-hmm. This isn't this isn't a happy meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is some like it's as a matter of like medicine it is just traumatic on your body
0: it's life and death
1: yeah not not just your psyche it is a trauma on your body right because uh your your the 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 female body is designed mm-hmm. um to carry the baby to term and to deliver it naturally it is also the case that what biology has already revealed to us is that the body is very good at taking care of itself mm-hmm. and regulating homeostasis. Mm-hmm. When it comes to finding real solutions, it's very difficult to find the proper like life affirming solutions if we're not aware of the facts, which is why I came today with numbers and statistics yeah. and uh and you know correcting misinformation that's being yep. spread on social media by like traditional media. Mm-hmm like our our news organizations aren't off the hook either. Yep. Uh, even um the current administration has been saying things that are just not true mm-hmm. about um abortion or abortion rights in America. And what I find especially frustrating is how anytime you correct um a misconception at least in my experience from, you know, being a part of this debate for 10 for like more than 10 years. There's always something that they fall back on. It's it's not even they're not even interested in hearing the debate. They just they want at the end of the day, they just want to be able to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. They don't really they're not really interested in listening to the facts. And mm-hmm. and one reason why I say it is because a lot of times, and this is something that is even happening with like members of my own church, they're just like, Oh, well, what about the women who conceive out of in like in rape? Yeah. That accounts for less than half of a percent of all abortions. Mm. Less than half a percent of all abortions are performed because the victim was raped. Wow. Because the mother was raped. Less than half a percent. Um, so, so what about the the, the, the other 99.5%? Mm-hmm. Because, like, for example, uh, Poland a few years ago um, said that they would only permit abortions in the case of... Uh, I believe it was incest. I'm not sure. Mm. But they said, you can't abort a child because it has fetal defects. You may not have an abortion um, because you want to. You can't have an abortion because of this or that reason. They they allowed provisions, I think, for the case of rape and the case of, like, certain fetal defects that would threaten the life of the mother. Like, they permitted all – they always prioritized the life of the mother. Mm -hmm. So, like, medical procedures to save the life of the woman were still permitted – that got rid of more than ninety percent of Poland's abortions. Wow, what does that tell you? It means mm-hmm. that most, most abortions in Poland were not to save the life of the mother. Yeah, were not because the woman was ra- was raped. Was not because of fetal health problems. It yeah. was because of convenience, mm-hmm. either because the mother did not feel like she was mature enough to raise a child. Uh, she didn't want to be a single mom. She was done having children. She couldn't afford the baby. She just wasn't. She just didn't feel ready. Mm-hmm. Um. It would interfere with her education or her career. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not wrong for a woman to feel concerned about these things. It'd be kind of weird if she wasn't concerned with these things. Mm-hmm. But the question you have to ask is: okay, so is the solution murdering a child? Mm-hmm. And I will say murder because that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. You are you are choosing to end the life of an unborn child for whom you are responsible. Yeah. Um.
0: Pretty violently too. Yeah,
1: because that's another thing that you that I see happen with the with the pro choice uh, position. What it actually does, ironically, is it denies that women have agency. Um, because what you're saying is that instead of actually solving the problem, she was having sex when she didn't want a child. Um, for those who aren't aware, uh, sex results in pregnancy naturally. Um, now I, I realize that I am not an expert on this position because <laughs> I am I am I am waiting to have sex until marriage, so I, I have no experience. <laughs> All right, but. <clears throat> It, even I know that if you have sex, that naturally results in pregnancy. This uh, this this podcast is not safe for children. But yeah, viewer uh, listener description is advised. Uh, but um, so this so and this is actually something that uh I think is wonderful um in kind of a, an ironic way. Um, I've been I've been looking on Twitter to see how many pro choice people have been responding to the Roe Win Wade decision. A lot of them say, "Well, we need to have a sex strike." We need to, we need to deny men sex, um, other, because we cannot guess getting pregnant. I'm just like, that's amazing. <laughs> like, I find your terms acceptable. Please stop having sex <laughs> because that's, cause, cause like for one, you're going to significantly reduce your uh, likelihood of getting a sexually transmitted disease or infection. <laughs> um, you're less likely to get pregnant by accident. Um, you're, going, you're, you're, you're promoting your self-worth and self-dignity by saying, mm-hmm. I am not going to have sex because I value my integrity and my agency. You're actually standing up mm-hmm. for yourself when you do this. And that is why I say that the pro-choice position denies the woman's agency. But basically what she's saying, it's not her fault that she got pregnant. Yeah. If it's not her fault that she got pregnant, <clears throat> that means one of two things. Either every instance of sex is rape, mm-hmm. which is absurd, or sex is just something that happens by accident right. and that you have no control over.
0: In which case you're an animal.
1: Well, well, what that means is that rape is not a crime. Yeah. What that means is rape is not a crime, which is also absurd. Mm-hmm. I am not willing to say that rape is not a crime. Yeah. Rape is a crime and it should be punished. Mm-hmm. Like in, in the case of rape, she did not have a say. Right. And that is why we punish the rapist. Right. Um, the punishment for rape, I would say, is death. So why are we punishing the baby and not the, and not the rapist? Right. Kill the rapist, not the baby.
0: Yeah. If,
1: if someone has to die, kill the rapist. Yeah. Or if you're against a death penalty... Why are we imposing the death penalty on a baby? Mm-hmm. The baby had no say in whether or not he was conceived by a rapist. Uh, that, that's not the baby's fault. So why are we punishing the baby? And also, uh, it shifts the blame from the, the rapist to the baby because the rapist actually benefits from abortions because you're actually getting rid of DNA evidence. Mm-hmm. If you can prove that he's the father of that baby, it actually proves that he raped the mother, which yeah. means that you it's guaranteed that he's going to get locked up. Um, rapists love abortions. Mm-hmm. Um, men who are unfaithful to their wives also love abortions because, yeah. again, it's concealing evidence. Right. The pro-woman position, again, is to preserve the life of the baby because that baby makes it very, very hard for men to misbehave. So like it's not it's not like men aren't willing to be held accountable. Right. Um in fact I would actually say to any woman who is considering uh marriage or dating or whatever, you should probably uh choose a man who values accountability and responsibility. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if he's willing to take responsibility for his own actions, it's gonna save you so much trouble. And also, in insofar as it is within your power to do, don't have sex before you're married. Mm-hmm. There are rules when it comes to the sacred. Mm-hmm. And those rules are usually there to preserve the sanctity of the thing that is sacred. Mm-hmm. And if sex is sacred, well, what does that mean for the natural consequence of sex, which is the creation of a new life? Mm-hmm. Well, it means that that life is sacred. And if that life is sacred, if you're going to kill it, you better have some really good reasons. Yeah. Um, that's actually why uh, I'm, I've, I'm very pro-Second Amendment. But I... Happily acknowledge that there are very strict guidelines for self-defense because if you if you are making the decision to take another human life, you better be absolutely sure that you're making the right choice mm-hmm. because you can't undo a mistake yeah. like that if yeah. you're making a mistake. I think that with the pro the pro-choice position, many do not agree that life is sacred, mm-hmm. or they believe that life is sacred post birth, mm-hmm. but prenatal life is not sacred. Which I do not believe is a consistent position. Yeah. And I would also say that a child's thought doesn't lose his value just because he's unwanted. Exactly. Because like in America for every orphan, there are 36 families mm-hmm. l- trying to adopt. Um, It's really unfortunate that there's so much red tape in mm-hmm. adoption because like there are like, cause there are more families that want to adopt than there are children, children. up for adoption. Yeah. And those children are not getting adopted. Yeah. Something has gone wrong somewhere. Yeah, that also you know, makes sense. And I'm not saying that there's going to be like an easy band-aid solution for that either. That's mm-hmm. something where we need to seriously sit down, evaluate all the concerns because <clears throat> like first off, not everyone should adopt. Right. Um not everyone should be allowed to adopt. Right. Um should same-sex couples be allowed to adopt? Mm-hmm. Um uh the, the these are all questions that we have to ask. We can't right. we can't just ignore them because we don't yeah. want to have the discussion. Like if we're going to if we want to like there are children who need parents like it'll just it's just so much better for children if they have two parents Mm -hmm. so making it as easy as possible for them to have to have parents who will love them and take care of them and provide for them and just just be good parents to them making that as easy as possible while also under also preventing as many abuses as possible Mm -hmm. that's hard yeah which is why I'm glad that uh, the Supreme Court has made this a state's issue. So each state can decide for themselves how best mm-hmm. to approach the issue. Yeah, um, this is actually mo- it's it's more power to the people to actually have this discussion. Though yeah, this is not the end. This is just yeah. the beginning. Right. Um, this is the now is the time for the pro life. Uh, movement to actually put their money where their mouth is mm-hmm. and yeah. say, we are going to advocate for all women right. born and unborn and right. all men born and unborn. Yeah. Uh, so volunteer at your local pregnancy center. Um, uh, consider adoption. If you have the means to do so uh, look into options for fostering um, for those who are well off financially, consider paying the medical expenses of, mm-hmm. of people who are like, like as an act of charity, as an mm-hmm. act of generosity mm-hmm. But like, there are there are so many ways to actually look out for other people. Yeah. While also maintaining that you shouldn't terminate unborn life, um, right. there are a lot of ways to advocate for all life.
0: Nick, thank you so much for your time and your words and research on abortion. I think most of our audience is probably nodding their heads in agreement that we want to see abortion stopped in our country. But the real reason abortion continues to be a problem is that people continue to find themselves in hard situations where they don't know what to do. And as Nick's observations suggest, even those who have had abortions aren't usually singing abortion's praises. Abortion really hurts people who are already hurting and hurting people need grace. The alternative to abortion is grace. And that's why we can't harness judgment and condemnation as ways of combating abortion. It's grace, God's grace, that leads people to safety. And where there's safety, there's repentance. And where there's repentance, there's restoration. So I want to talk a little bit about the biblical idea of grace. Grace isn't just some flimsy feel-good gesture of brushing off sin like it doesn't matter. Grace in the Bible is a tangible, weighty thing. Grace is food, water, a hug, time, valuable resources. It's power being poured into empty space. Grace for abortion isn't just being nice about it. It's about coming into the hurt, the unexpected pregnancy and all the fear, worry, shame, and even physical tangible need that pregnancy creates for someone and beginning to meet those needs. And that's why I love Nick's suggestions at the end of this podcast. We can't just come against abortion philosophically saying why it's wrong and yelling at the people who are doing it. Better to come against abortion by meeting the needs that are making abortion seem necessary to people. Like, hey, you don't have to terminate this pregnancy because God has everything you need to go through with it. And we're here to deliver on that. We'll back you up with God's resources that never run out. I've been thinking a lot about John 3, 17, which tells me that God didn't send Jesus to condemn the world, but to save the world. If God didn't send Jesus, his perfect son, to condemn the world, then why do we so often act as if he has sent us sinners to condemn the world? It just doesn't make sense why we would think and act and talk that way. No, we're recipients of Jesus' salvation and the beneficiaries of his grace, of all the riches that God poured out on him, which are poured into his church, we need to receive his grace so abundantly that we are overflowing with it into the lives of others. When something as real and gritty as pregnancy happens, there are real, actual needs. And when pregnancy happens outside of marriage unexpectedly, those needs are doubled or tripled. Joy, peace, love, and faith come in tangible, visible, measurable and powerful packages that meet actual earthly needs. Church, let's fight abortion with grace. Thank you for listening to the Call to Life podcast. I'm Hannah Plukstra, and I do this podcast so Christians can hear other Christians thinking, talking, and grappling to understand the times in which we live in light of the good news we live by. I love talking to people, and if you have something you'd like to talk about with me, please send a request to calledtolifepodcast at gmail.com. And support my work with youth and young adults in our valley by giving at www.bryannit.com. That's www.b-r-i-n-e-k-n-i-t.com. This is Call to Life Podcast, and I'm Hannah Plukstra.